0: Welcome back to deeper than most guys. I'm your host DJ and
1: I'm your host Sam
0: and today we're on episode 79 which means it gives us another little special episode which is our part two of the women in power.
1: Yes women in power part two. We did say we were going to make this a mini series. we were probably going to do one more after this. Um, But yeah, you know, we're just here to highlight some powerful women and their lives, and the impact that they have made on the world throughout history. So, yeah, we have four of them today. We have two each that we're going to be talking about. I think that's more than what we did last time. I think we did one each last yeah, time, right? we
0: did one because I think we went a little more in depth with those. Yes. But, yeah, I think we did one last time.
1: So, it's only right that our third Women in Power segment... We do three each, and it'd be six. Before we move forward, we have been slacking on the uploads, not only just last week, you guys, but the past couple months. Life has been lifing and doing its thing, and both of us, individually and collaboratively, we have been going through the works. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of things behind the scenes with life. Life is just insane so you never know like what life will throw at you and what's ahead what's next you just never know what's peeking around the corner but um with that being said we hope you guys had a good turkey day um i don't personally celebrate the the holiday itself just because of what it represents but everybody likes to eat good so Mm -hmm. hopefully you ate good
0: (laughs) and you don't know the history of the holiday look into it learn something
1: maybe we could do an episode on that for like thanksgiving next year we Uh, can do like a thanksgiving episode about the history of turkey day
0: Uh, we, we really should because a lot of people don't know
1: but before we get into these wonderful women in power and we do have a couple of dose of the most for today we just want to let you know how you can support the show. First off, you can follow us on Instagram at deeper than most PC, and the PC stands for podcast, of course. You can also check us out on the clock app, that's TikTok, and you can find us there at DTM Pod. You can email us at deeper than most pc at gmail.com. And what else? Oh, join our Facebook group. <laughs> um, because Yeah, it's cool over there. We got over 100 members, so it's deep, okay? It's real deep. And we'll just put that up here. We're not going to do it at the end. We're going to do it at the beginning this time. Get it out the way. Um, And lastly, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel, y'all. It really helps us. It really helps us grow. Um, our community and that's what we're trying to do this year it was the year of elevation we've been elevated but next year we out of here like you know but next year you know i definitely see big things for dtm by then you know we'll be on episode 100 and who knows what'll happen after episode 100 i don't know how long we're gonna do this shit for but hopefully it's a long time a good time and a long time um because that's what i'm here for so yeah <laughs> okay let's get into this we've been chit-chatting kikiing, ahaha all that good shit and let's talk about um one of our favorite people but i don't know anymore I've, I've got mixed feelings i've got mixed feelings now but elon musk um you know mr musk has been a hot topic lately he's been trending because for one he bought twitter Um, And that's just like a whole episode on its own. That's like a whole topic. But he bought Twitter and it's just been downhill from there. And now he's making cuts. Elon Musk is considering new layoffs that would target the company's sales and partnership teams. And this is referring to Twitter. This would be his second round of layoffs since he bought the company back in October. And that's October of this year. And, but when I tell you he bought that shit, and he just started letting people go, he let go of like half the staff of Twitter. Yeah. Before, and that was like as soon as he bought the shit. Yeah. Like he was like, bad. "You can go. You can go. Stay. Go." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Before layoffs even began, hundreds of Twitter employees resigned because they did not support Elon's plan for the social site. Um, And I think we mentioned this once before, maybe not. He was planning on making um, everybody have access to verified accounts through payment. So anybody could have that blue check, anybody could be verified if they pay a fee so that has many issues in its own right um what else
0: honestly it's elon just been kicking up a lot of dusk and uh i don't know man it's, it's a scary time to live in. so hey we might it might not be twitter anymore it might be some other shit you know facebook is doing meta who knows what twitter is going to come up with so honestly in other news nasa is doing some cool shit and we're going from moon landing to moon living
1: Wait, before we get into this, though, like, does this whole Twitter shit with Elon, like, change your perspective on him? Because me, for one, I'm personally not riding from Mr. Must the way that I was before finding this shit out, because I don't know. If you've been with us for a while, you've been a cosmonite, you've been up in the stars with us for the past year, you would know that we have pretty much been, like, supportive and been, not necessarily fans, but... Um, yeah, we don't have, like, disdain towards Elon Musk. But now, I'm starting to question all the praise we gave him at the beginning of the year and last year.
0: Well, I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, he's rich. And rich people do stupid things all the time. But for me, looking at this whole Twitter situation, it's just, um, it's a matter of time before shit gets out of hand. And I'm just trying to see how it's going to play out and what's going to happen with it. So... I'm not really on the other side of the fence. I mean, I by all means, you know, you do what you have to do to, you know, make things happen the way they have to happen. But it's just going to be interesting to see how how this all goes down. So I would say no, it doesn't really change my perspective. I'm just intrigued to see where this goes.
1: Okay, so you still riding from us?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, there he may he it. may be a piece of shit, but like he
1: got everybody crazy. is. Yeah. though. yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> so. In other news, NASA, the moon, and us living there. Howard Hugh, the head of the U.S. agency's Orion Lunar Spacecraft Program, said humans could be active on the moon for durations. And that's in quotations, durations. So, like,
1: couple weeks, couple days, couple months, like that.
0: Yeah, kind of like that. Before 2030.
1: Oh, that's in our lifetime. That's in the next... Like, less than a decade away.
0: With habitats to live in and rovers to support their work. He goes on to say, we are going to be sending people down to the surface. And they are going to be living on that surface and doing science.
1: Oh, so it ain't just anybody. That's crazy because all this time we've been, like, ranting and raving about, like, living on Mars. And haven't even brought focus to the fact that they've been working on getting us to the moon as well. Like, not just for a moon landing, but for more
0: <laughs> Well see there's a couple of different things that are in circulation out there so apparently um they're doing this so they can get closer to mars like if they were to live on the moon and go to the moon it'd be easier for them and faster for them to get to mars that way True. and also they're doing other experiments too like a space hotel's t- in the talks like there's so many different things mm-hmm. that that are uh being talked about so i don't know we'll just have to see where it goes NASA's Artemis 1, the most powerful space rocket in history, is finally on course for the moon after lifting off from Florida early on Wednesday, November 14th of this year. No astronauts are aboard the Artemis 1 test flight, but it does contain three mannequins and a Snoopy soft toy, gauging radiation levels and testing new life preservation systems and equipment designed for the next generation of long-duration human spaceflight. In short, they testing it out to see how long we're going to be there and if we can survive up there.
1: My thing is Snoopy. Um, <laughs> why with like NASA and space missions, they always make it a point to have some cute little weird thing about it like a snoopy stuffed animal one time they had a monkey another time they had a dog like you know they just be having just random shit they be sending to earth to earth hello (laughs) we are on earth but random shit that they be sending just like off the planet i don't know it's just weird does that like do you ever notice that
0: The first theory is the reason they even sent a Snoopy toy in the first place is because they did send a dog that one time and we all saw how that worked out. And for them sending a monkey, I mean, I guess monkeys are like the next best thing to a human, so they want to test that out to see how that works. But they oftentimes use animals, especially ones that are capable of our mental capacity or more, and send them because they have a better chance of coming back with certain research that they're looking for or whatever, whatever, but... Yeah, I think it was a good idea for them to send a, a stuffed toy this time instead of a real animal.
1: <laughs> and before we hop into these wonderful women in power, don't mind if you're watching this on YouTube, don't mind my hair. Um <laughs> it's a retwist day. And that's all I gotta say about it.
0: So we're gonna get into these women in power and the first one is Oprah. You know, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Yeah, about that. She got in so much trouble for this.
1: For real? <laughs>
0: yeah, because because the people had to pay so much taxes on like receipt after receiving <gasps> the cars and shit. So it was just a whole thing. Oprah Winfrey, she was the first Black American woman to own her own production company. She was nominated for an Academy Award in her first movie, The Color Purple,
1: which I still have not seen, by the way.
0: A masterpiece of a movie. You have to see it.
1: I know. I know. One day.
0: Oprah's show premiered in January 1984, and in less than a year, moved from the bottom of the rankings to become the most-watched and highest-rated talk show in Chicago. Winfrey's open, warm-hearted personal style and ability to connect with audiences was able to attract a much higher viewership than any other show at the time.
1: Yeah, Oprah was really doing her thing, and she paved the way for a lot of the talk shows that we have today. Um, And the talk shows that we have today don't even compare to anything of oprah's time or probably even before that but yeah oprah you everybody knows oprah er, Oprah's just one of those ones like you just know the show mm-hmm. you know her through the show or through the show kind of like ellen not in the way of like the things that ellen does right, right, but right. just her success and notoriety
0: right Oprah cool though. Like <laughs> The Oprah Winfrey Show ran for four thousand five hundred and sixty-two episodes from September eighth, nineteen eighty-six to May twenty-fifth, twenty eleven. It's still one of the longest running daytime TV talk shows in history.
1: You know what ain't though? <laughs> Tyra Banks little talk show <laughs> I don't even
0: remember that.
1: I remember it only because of this one episode where she pretended to be homeless for a day. <sighs> Let's just say that shit was embarrassing. Bad for the track record, sis. In
0: 2016 through 2017, she starred in and produced the TV series Greenleaf. And I don't know if anybody's familiar, but I remember watching the first, like, couple of seasons. And now that shit got, what, like, six seasons?
1: Oh, yeah. I think, like, eight now. Jeez. But, um, yeah, I, too, watched the first couple of seasons. I think when it, like, first came out. um, And it was really good. But... Yeah, like they just started pumping out more seasons, and I I got lost in the song, so I had to give up. I was too far behind. Yeah.
0: She produced Greenleaf and the TV movie The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Oprah also created her own magazine, which is called *O* Magazine, and is aimed to encourage young, confident, and intelligent women to reach for their dreams, express their individual style, and make wise choices.
1: Cute. I like that you went over her notable achievements because give her her flowers while she's still here. That was over. And now we get into Angela Davis. And Angela Davis is a force to be reckoned with, to say the least. Angela was born in Birmingham, Alabama in 1944 and was introduced to racism and activism at a very young age. Angela's neighborhood was known as Dynamite Hill because the KKK would often attack the homes of the black families in the community by bombing their houses. Um and this is just one of many types of attacks that we've heard about, we've seen, we we know about um and that we've even talked about on our show of just the types of things that black people have to endure just being black living in this horrible cr- <laughs> in this country. Angela earned a scholarship to study French literature at Brand I think it's Brandy at Brandy University in Massachusetts. After graduation, she studied in Germany and completed a PhD in philosophy. As soon as she came back to the US, she got involved in the civil rights movement. Man, she was just like I don't know, talented she was. Smart, she was intellectual, Just a full package. (laughs) This was a full package. And fighting for the goddamn rights of her people. She believed that racism and capitalism were dangerous to the American justice system and wanted to see change. Absolutely. She participated in a student nonviolent coordinating committee and the Black Panther Party. That's pretty cool. I wish, like, the Black Panther Party was still prevalent today like it used to be. Angela was interested in the commitment to civil rights and black power, but did not fully agree with their policies. Now this, personally, I really, really like. She was concerned about the divisions between male and female members. She felt that male leaders expected women to stay in the background and not have the chance to lead. And I think that's cool because not only was she fighting for the rights of black people, but she was fighting for the rights of black women within, like, this movement and this movement that she's a part of. Mm -hmm. So she's even letting like the brothers know in the fucking group, like, Hey, I mean, I get, we're all fighting for the same thing, but us women are fighting for a little bit more and you need to give us that. We shouldn't have to be fighting for this if we're on the same side. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like because she was pushing so hard in that, she kind of inevitably became a leader herself.
0: It's a natural thing, especially if you know especially if you have that voice and that that demeanor it, it naturally happens.
1: Yeah, and she definitely has like the characteristics of a leader in 1969 Angela became a professor of philosophy at the University of California in LA. Governor of California, Ronald Reagan at the time learned about Angela's political connections and pressured the university to fire her. Supported by many of her colleagues and students, Angela fought back. She took her case to court. The Supreme Court of California ruled Angela could not be banned for party affiliation. And that's facts.
0: But that says a lot about Ronald Reagan, though, as a governor trying to get her fired because of this whole situation. And it's weird because later on down the line, he's the exact reason that there's so much systematic bullshit going on. But that's, that's a different story.
1: Around the same time that Angela lost her job, she became involved in the Soledad Brothers Defense Committee. The Soledad Brothers were three black inmates at Soledad Prison charged with the murder of a white prison guard. The committee sought to raise funds and awareness in support of the three accused men. I like that she was doing shit on her own, too. Like, I don't know. The fact that, yeah, you were, like, a part of the Black Panther movement, but even without the Black Panther movement around, I feel like she still would have found ways to support her people.
0: And I feel like for her it was more about just, like, justice and not just, like, certain, like, little things throughout the movement. Like, it was the entire thing. It was more or less like, okay, let's see what's going going on in the justice system. We have women that have issues. We have all these things that need to be addressed, but we're only focusing on this one issue when we could be addressing all of it. Or Absolutely. different parts of the same issue.
1: Yep. On August 7th, 1970, an armed gunman and brother of one of the Soledad brothers entered a courtroom in California and took several people hostage. He stated he would hold the victims until the Soledad brothers were set free. Amidst the attempted police rescue, four people were killed, including the courtroom judge. You know, I've never heard of this.
0: I've never heard of this either.
1: Yeah. Um... So that's very interesting to know. That's crazy. I wonder how he was able to just get in with a gun. Like, I mean, I mean it was the '70s, but damn.
0: You can put it in your back pocket, put your card over it, and just walk.
1: They in. weren't doing like security checks. I mean, in the courtroom.
0: I doubt it. I don't know if they were. It's probably one security guard.
1: An investigation revealed that the gunman used a weapon Angela bought at a pawn shop several days earlier. Under California law, Angela could be charged as if she were present at the crime because of her connection to the gun. Mm -hmm. So although she was not at the trial when the crime took place, because it was her, like the weapon that she bought that was used in the crime, she could have been like charged in connection to the crime because the weapon was hers. Isn't that interesting though? I wonder not saying that sis is guilty or anything, <laughs> but I it, wonder how they got that gun. And it's the same like case that she was fighting for. Right, right. I mean, but he could have stole it, you know.
0: I mean of course, but yeah then...
1: without her knowing. I yeah. I mean even though she just got it like days <laughs> <laughs> earlier. But, you know, they could have saw each other within that time and He could have swiped it. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's guilty. I don't think. I mean, I don't think she could be charged. Like me personally, I wouldn't want to charge her for connection to the crime in this case. I don't know. Maybe that's controversial.
0: I mean, I see why they. I I guess I see why they would. I mean, it makes sense why they would. But I get what you're saying. I'm rooting for yeah.
1: Distrustful of a government that had already silenced her in the classroom, Angela went into hiding, which you don't want to do if you're being suspected of a crime anyway, um, but she did that. During that time, the FBI added her to the 10 most wanted list. In October, she was arrested in a hotel room in New York City. 10 most wanted, that's crazy because not a lot of people end up on that 10 most wanted list. You want to know why?
0: Cause be got the
1: hair. <laughs> motherfuckers make it on that list. And I love, like, Angela's look is so prominent to the 70s too. Like, she rocked this beautiful, like, big natural fro all the time. Like, natural face or just light makeup and just, oh, uh, the 70s look. I don't know, 70s, their fashion was it. But, yeah, that was Angela Davis. And she's really done a lot for, I mean, not only the black panther party but just for black people in in general and women black women um also yes angela is still alive to this day and hopefully she stays kicking for a while but yeah that's angela davis
0: and along with the black panther party we are gonna send you out to our sponsor and we will see you soon
1: have you heard about
0: and we're back
1: on to the rest of our women in power.
0: So our next woman in power is a woman by the name of Agnodice. Agnodice was the first woman doctor of Athens in ancient Greece, whose story has been held tight by midwives for millennia. In ancient Greece, women had been completely blocked from studying, let alone practicing medicine, which included the somewhat mysterious witchery of midwifery. And for those of you who For those of you who don't know what midwifery is, it's basically just helping a woman along her pregnancy, and I think today a midwife is often referred to as a doula.
1: Yes, but some people do still refer to them as midwives. Right.
0: right. According to the legend, Agnes entered medicine some 2,000 years ago by dressing as a man to circumvent the restrictions of her gender. In order to gain the trust of her female patients, she would undressed enough to prove to her prospect patients that she was indeed a woman. As her reputation grew, she quickly became the most in-demand physician of ancient Greece. Agnudice did not back down, and she was victorious in her case. Oh, actually, damn, I see the part that I skipped. But the part that I missed there is um, she ended up getting tried and going to court for this, and she didn't back down, and she was victorious in her case. And after her trial, women in ancient Greece were allowed back into the dominion of midwifery.
1: That was cool. That was really interesting actually. I like that. Our last woman in power is a very powerful woman um, and not the type that you want to get on their bad side. Honestly with her you ain't even got to be on her bad side to catch the flag. We're going to be talking about Empress Wu Zetian. So I'm going to get into her backstory and then the impact that she had. What? Here we go with this shit. (laughs) She was born in 624 CE, which I think is like Christ encrusted. She was born in 624 CE and died 705 CE. So basically before the (laughs) 1000s.
0: Basically. And also I just found out the fact that the reason people use AD or BC is to kind of denote the whole Christianity thing. But it's still, Yeah.
1: And she was formerly referred to as Wu Zi, you know, <laughs> before Empress Wu. She was born into a prosperous and wealthy family. Damn, it must be nice. Her father was Wu Shi Hu. Wu Shi Hu? <laughs> Her father was Wu Shi Hu who was a chancellor and the chancellor is basically a legal official. I don't know if that's necessarily like a lawyer or just a clergy clerk type of person. I don't know.
0: I think, yeah, I think it is a clergy or a, or a court person. No, they're not like, I don't know.
1: Um, and this was during the early Tang dynasty, which was considered the golden ages in China. Wu was well-educated and skilled in music, history, and politics. Oh yeah, this girl, she was impressive. But she would also write poetry and calligraphy. She became a concubine to a few men until she became an empress to one in 655. Her reign began in 6090 until 705 when she passed away. And the whole, like, concubine thing, you know, they had, like, many women. The men had, like, many women around. And you kind of just had to, like, there was a ranking system almost. Like, you had to work your way to the top. And the the main chick would be the empress, technically. And then the side chicks are, like, just there for fun and games. But she was there for fun and games until she said, that I'm more than this. But the way she became an empress is dirty as fuck.
0: I ain't surprised.
1: Yeah, so now we're going to get into her impact and kind of how she was able to even create an impact um, because this royalty was not just like allotted to her just because like she wasn't born into royalty. She was just born into wealth, but she stole the royalty crown um, and we'll get into that. She was the first and only woman emperor of China with her exceptional intelligence, extraordinary competence in politics, and ambition. She ruled as the quote-unquote holy divine emperor of the second Zhou dynasty. And this was from 690 to 705, which lasted about 15 years. Her political leadership is recognized and is comparable in some ways to other notable women in later periods of history, such as Joan of Arc, Queen Elizabeth I, and Catherine the Great. All some badass women. She has a strong reputation of being one of the most cruel rulers in Chinese history. Stories highlight that it was not fun being her rival. But like we mentioned earlier, you didn't really even have to be her rival to catch the wrath. Chinese history paints Empress Wu as a demonic woman who connived her way to power through murder and deceit. Historians at the time claimed that she killed her sister, butchered her elder brothers, yeah, murdered the ruler, and poisoned her own mother. Don't know why she had to do all that to become empress, but it worked. In her ascent to power, Wu eliminated her direct competition, aka the main chick, Empress Wang, and Lady Zhao, I believe, which was another concubine of Gozong, who was her man, basically. It was everybody's man, pretty much. Apparently, Wu killed her own infant daughter and blamed the murder on Empress Wang. But it gets crazier because Gozong believed her and basically punished Empress Wang and I think Lady Zhao as well. Um, I I don't know if he killed them or what, but I had them killed. Um, but anyways, they were long gone, out the picture. She ain't got to worry about them no more. She eliminated them. Um, and that's when she was promoted to Empress. She got what she wanted, but damn, how many lives did you have to take to get there? Is it worth it? I mean, I guess it is because now she's in history too. Your own daughter? Crazy. A baby? It was an infant. Lastly, while in power, she created her own dynasty known as the Zhao Dynasty, which is kind of what we mentioned earlier in um, talking about her impact. So the Zhao Dynasty was her dynasty. And this, I mean, she actually was a, a very good ruler. And yeah, it was like one of the best times that China had had in history.
0: That's interesting. Now, that's co- It's cool, though, because you don't really hear about these type of, like, women. You know what I mean? You just hear about all the guys like Genghis Khan and Whoopty Wop, all these all these other guys. But those were our Women in Power. And that brings us to our Wiggity Wiggity Wind Down. And today we only have two. So the first one reads, which woman in power was your favorite to discuss today?
1: Mm, uh, for me, Angela Davis.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Angela Davis on this too. Yeah. It's always nice seeing uh, that aspect of a of a party that you weren't a part of, but your your history lies in. So it's
1: nice. Mm-hmm. Second wind down is: Do you think women serve as better rulers, political figures, etc., than men, and why? Hmm.
0: So, mm-hmm. if I were to answer, I would say in many aspects, yes, and in other aspects, no. Yes, because women would be better at strategizing. They would be. be- we would. I don't think we would have as many wars as we as we've had because men are just so angry. They don't know how to really solve things aside from just blowing shit up, and I.e. that be white men, black men, whoever. Men just solve problems by blowing shit up. So I don't think we would have had as many wars. But in terms of political issues, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that would have gone. Um, but from the women of the past and the things that I've seen and the things that have happened, I think women could do the job better than men.
1: I agree. Women definitely serve as better rulers. I also think they serve as better political figures as well, because women have always gotten like the ass end of the stick as well as like minority groups. But just on a take the race and culture out of it, like, Women get the ass end of the stick. So if you're a minority woman, you have the ass of the stick two times. Um, And that's just no fun. So women kind of understand uh, on the political scale, like, what is fair? What is right? What is wrong? Because we've been on the side where it's not right and wrong. And as being a black American, we know what it's like to be on the side of being wrong, in a sense.
0: I mean, think about it like women literally just got the right to vote what like two two centuries ago Mm -hmm. if that and they still be getting flack today like they can't even control like whether they want to you know do whatever they want to do with the baby inside
1: exactly but my thing is people who have been oppressed or have been on the shitty end of the political stick or just any stick relating to politics Understands politics as a whole, I feel like. Um, People that are on the graceful end of these sticks, politically speaking, don't fully grasp what the other side has to endure because they're not on the bad side. They only see the glitz and the glam of it all. But as somebody who is on the shit end of the stick, in politics, yeah, you, you can have a full rounded perspective. Because... The only way to know what it's like on the shitty side is to be there. And it fucking sucks. It's pretty clear and obvious what the good side brings. It's not always clear and obvious what being a minority or a woman is like when it comes to politics.
0: Well, in that aspect, I honestly think it's because they choose to ignore it. We all know what it's like. Everyone knows. They understand what's going on. And I think it's. It's very ignorant of the politicians and the people that are in the powers that be to just simply blatantly ignore it because ignorance is bliss in this country. Um, It's it's terrible. I think that we should have a complete reform of our entire government, but that's just me.
1: Ignorance is bliss, but not bliss enough. And with that being said, we're going to break down how you can support the show one last time, and we're going to end it off with our wonderful, kind words. So, once again, follow us on Instagram at Deeper Than Most PC. Check us out on TikTok at DTMPod. Shoot us an email at Deeper Than Most PC at gmail.com. And we already mentioned our Facebook group, so... Yeah, you know.
0: You
1: know what to do. <laughs> um, also... Go ahead and give us a like and go ahead and comment and subscribe to us on YouTube at Deeper Than Most, as well as these listeners out here. We know y'all be listening. So why not take a moment to give us a rating and or a review because it's greatly appreciated and we see every single one. So what are your kind words?
0: So my kind words are clear your mind, meditate, meditate. And I can't stress this enough, whether it's 10 minutes a day, 5 minutes a day, whether you're on the bus, whether you're walking, do it, at least at some point. It's important that you clear your mind because life gets hectic and so does everything else, so just relax a little.
1: That's a good one. What about you? I would say prioritize. Prioritize your life. Prioritize the people in your life. Prioritize your habits, your hobbies, your skills, your, your failures. Prioritize everything in your life. Um, as an adult, having your priorities in order is key. It's important. So in order to stay afloat and to function in the society to whatever capacity you're able to, try to prioritize your life.
0: I can definitely agree. Priorities are a must.
1: Sit down and make a list if you need to. Weigh out the pros and cons of putting one priority in front of another. That's just a little nugget. Because, man, growing up, my dad would always be like, you need to get your priorities straight whenever I'd get in trouble. <laughs> and now I know. Damn, bitch, you got to get your priorities in check. Um, All that shit that pops was preaching back in the day yeah he wasn't just saying that shit just to say it i mean he knows a little something I mean, that's so how I, that's gotta give credit where it's due i guess that's
0: how it be man and I, I, that's the beauty of like being alive and shit and you know living life you know you you kind of gloss over some shit that older people say, cause it's like you know where you know you're just blowing smoke, whatever, whatever. Cause you yeah. know you're you're trying to enjoy the moment at the time, like as your as kid, you yeah, as you shouldn't. <laughs> you still should do that by all means. Still enjoy the moment, but prioritizing and having your things in order is very important because sometimes shit gets hard, and later on in life, you'll need those priorities to understand how you can move forward. So.
1: And you can't enjoy life if your priorities aren't in check, like. Yeah. Priorities in check means peace of mind. So, (laughs) you know, if you don't have peace of mind, how are you, I don't know, like living life to the fullest and getting the best experiences that you can out of it? It's kind of hard when everything else is polluted.
0: Exactly. And with all that being said, this has been Episode 79, Women in Power Part 2. I've been your host, DJ.
1: And I've been your host, Sav.
0: Stay light, stay bright, stay positive. Also catch us next week on... Deeper deeper than than
1: most. most.